Hello, welcome to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thanks for spending some time with us. We're all about doing what we can, both as clinicians, boots on the ground clinicians, and administrators, executives, owners, um, doing what we can in those various roles to improve the clinical outcomes that patients experience. And we do that mainly by making sure healthcare is more human and less mechanical, if you would. So I'm excited. I know I say that a lot, but I'm excited to bring this interview to you because it's it moves us in that step towards making you know, integrating healthcare and technology and the virtual and how do we take what can very much be an impersonal issue or an impersonal process of healthcare, something like a home exercise program or patient communications, and how do we make it more personal? And my guest this week has a, uh, a new company, a new tool that kind of embodies this idea a little bit. So before we dive into the interview, let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about. So my guest this week is Susanna Balin. She is the founder of a uh, an app basically called AC Health. And what this app does, it is a platform for mainly at this point rehab clinicians, so physical, occupational therapists, that sort of thing. It's a, a platform that's, that allows them to both create plans of care, as in home exercise programs and home programs for patients, send them directly to patients that patients can then access on an app or on an online portal. And it also allows for asynchronous communication, both in the video format and in audio and text, between the clinician and the patient. Now, I've said for a while, and I know I mentioned it on the show a few times, that I believe telehealth going forward for telehealth to really become a core service offering or core part of healthcare delivery, we have to start thinking more outside of the box from it. We can't just think of, of telehealth as kind of a Zoom call that you get on in live time with your clinician and the clinician, you know, communicates with the patient in real time and that counts as a visit and, you know, we're basically just replacing an office visit with a telehealth visit. That's important and that's part of telehealth, but that's only such a small sliver of it. What I really advocate for, what I've moved in the practice that I own, what I'm trying to push us into and move into is more of a hybrid model of health that does include some synchronous telehealth, but that also includes leveraging the power of what the internet can allow in healthcare and really in in relation to communication. So how can we have patients communicate more frequently, more reliably, more personally with their clinician in a way that doesn't require the clinician to basically use an appointment time, right? We don't want to have to do any of that from a utilization standpoint, but we know from patient engagement and and research around that topic that being able to communicate and having more touch points than just the appointments that the patient is in the in the physical visit for in the, in the clinic for greatly improves retention engagement all that kind of thing so how do we do that the key is really secure messaging or at least in my mind is secure messaging asynchronous telehealth you know i know there's places out there doing monitoring and that sort of thing as well and that's all part of it so uh, Susanna's app ac health kind of allows that 
it kind of builds the platform for delivering and creating and delivering a home program to a patient and then having that portal for the patient then to open the communication line between the the clinician and themselves. And then it also kind of tracks their progress completing that home program in the time when they're not in the actual physical space at their visits. So I thought it's a pretty interesting, it's a pretty interesting tool. It's a pretty interesting concept. Like I said, I, I truly believe that for, for healthcare to really move to the hybrid model, asynchronous is going to have to be a huge part of that. And I think platforms like this kind of open the door for that. So without further ado, here is Susanna Balin talking about uh, AC Health and uh, asynchronous telecommunications between clinicians and patients. Hey, Susanna, welcome to uh, the Better Outcome Show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing all right. So for those that don't know you, why don't you talk a little bit about yourself, kind of what got you into this field that we're, we're going to be talking about, and then a little bit about AC Health. Sure. Um, thrilled to be here. I've been listening to all of your podcasts, and I'm, I'm learning a lot about biopsychosocial context. Yeah. Um, and the reason I'm learning a lot about it is because my background is not in occupational therapy or physical therapy. Um, I am a patient. I am I a patient <laughs> who um, has been in physical therapy for years because of two frozen shoulders. I had a child who um, was a patient um, in occupational therapy during school. Um, my parents um, have needed occupational therapy um, as they have recovered from uh, illnesses um, associated with their aging. So, um, so I'm here because I wasn't happy with um, the status quo for patients between sessions. In session, I thought I think the therapists are unbelievable. Um, but I founded AC Health because I had a very difficult time staying compliant with pieces of paper and generic videos. Yes, stock photos, right? <laughs> All righty. So then you kind of laid out the groundwork that brought you to AC Health. So what is AC Health? Um, so, and, and, I should probably tell you too that my background is in business. Um, I have an MBA. I have started companies before, um, and um, mostly I've done strategic analysis. That's really where my uh, focus has been. Um, but I saw a problem and um, wanted to see if there was some way we could fix it with mobile technology. So. Uh, in the old days, and I'm pretty old, so I remember them, <laughs> um, you, in order to learn anything, you had to go to the library, you had to go buy a book, you had to go out of your home and get information. And the technology revolution has changed that entirely. And the most change is that I have a mobile phone. And I know that not everyone has access to Wi-Fi, but most people have a mobile device, um, which is their an appendage, right? Which is with them at all yeah, times. you've always got it with you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it tells you where you're going, what you're doing, who you're seeing. Um, and uh, so I thought, well, maybe there's an opportunity for a mobile tech solution to this compliance issue. Um, with my therapy because my phone also has a camera installed. So what's included in the cost of the camera and, and uh, in the cost of the phone um, is this camera that can take video, that can take pictures, and it doesn't cost me any more to use it. So if it's with me and it's with my therapist, then is there a very simple way right, which doesn't add any work to a therapist's workflow um, that will not only connect me with my therapist between sessions, which is a hugely important part of engagement, but also will allow my therapist to give me a personalized instruction 
that is based on me, right? My body, my diagnosis, my pain threshold. Um, and so that's what we built with AC Health. It's a free platform for therapists to not only personalize their treatment, but also to stay connected through video so that I can send a selfie video to my therapist and say, I'm doing this and I'm feeling it here and I should be feeling it there, but um, what am I doing wrong? Or, oh, and I woke up and now I'm feeling bad here. Is there something I can do before I see you to help me do that? And basically have a relationship around my recovery. Yeah, no, you've touched on a lot of very important points there. So let's talk about the first little piece, which is the the not adding any extra work to a clinician's caseload. So we've got, you know, all across the country, all across the world, even we've got clinicians, they're trying to cram patients in, they're meeting productivity standards, utilization rates, and they're trying to get all of this done and still deliver, you know, personalized care, but sometimes to save time, to save really probably just more to save time and less overhead work, they're reaching for like a, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but like a pre-printed home exercise program and they're handing it to a patient, right? And they're saying, here's, you know, five exercises that I want you to do four times a day. So mm -hmm. you've been on this, on the patient standpoint. So let's say mm -hmm. you get that packet, so to speak, and you go home. What's the problem with that? Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously you got like the standard generic thing, but like, how does you, so you have these exercises, you know what you're supposed to do, right? So why don't we do them? Okay. So, um, lots of reasons. First, I got to go find the piece of paper, right? Which I may have, or it's probably in my car on the floor. Um, I have to hold the paper when I'm doing the exercise. And in my case, I had two frozen shoulders. Yeah. So holding the paper actually made it impossible to stand properly and do my exercises or reach up, right? If I was doing yeah. um, you know, some stretching exercise. So the paper has a million problems and we used it in the past because we had to, okay? I get it. Um, but you're giving me a three-dimensional uh, treatment, not a two-dimensional treatment. And these little diagrams are two-dimensional figures. I can't see the angle at which their arm is being raised, but yeah. I can do that on a video. So, um, so the, that's the problem with the paper. Plus, a lot of patients are, you know, I'm almost 60. A lot of patients are over 50. Our eyesight okay, diminishes over time. If you have a pop patient population of, you know, people my age and older, hey, reading the text of a of a, a exercise is friction, right? Yeah. It's, it's a reason why I'm not going to do it. And then what if I do it and I'm not doing it properly, right? I could hurt myself. Or what if I'm doing it wrong and I come to you the next, ex the, you know, the next appointment and I say, I've been doing my exercise. I'm so proud of myself. And I show you what I'm doing and you're like, um, well, <laughs> Susanna, next time, right? Then I'm demotivated, right? To complete my exercises. Yeah. And so the whole idea of being able to give somebody really the whole platform of being able to connect with a clinician, being able to kind of get those touch points along the way, like, hey, I tried this exercise. Am I supposed to be moving my arm like this or like that? All of that kind of helps set the patient up for success on one standpoint, right? And then it's also building a relationship on the other standpoint. That's exactly, and I've talked to hundreds of therapists um, and everyone says the key to compliance is buy-in. You've uh -huh. got to get the patient to believe that doing their exercises is going to lead to a goal. So you need to have a goal in the beginning. What is it that you need? It, sometimes it's, it may seem obvious to you, well, you can't walk without pain. Um, but if you can create a goal that's personal to the individual, right? I want to be able to go for a walk with my granddaughter. Yeah, right? yeah then you can personalize the goal, you can give it a time span, 
You can track progress within the app. You can reward compliance. You can engage between sessions. And the entire experience of the treatment is positive, right? Even though you're, you may be in pain or you may not be able to do something you need to do, um, it shifts the entire process to, I'm going to eventually reach this goal, but I can only do it if I do my exercises every day. Um, and so you had also asked me about the, um, the therapist experience. So that was hugely important to me. So I have sat in clinics for years uh-huh. and I, I, am, I know very well how little time a therapist has between patients with a patient and the HEP is a component of getting reimbursed. So you have to give a patient exercises. Yeah, and even exactly. in a cash base, even in a cash based um, pr- practice, you still are going to deliver a care plan. So this is what I found: that if people, if therapists are using paper, they have to write on the paper. They have to write the sets and reps or any kind of um, implementation yeah. information. Modify and the exercise or something. And they have to modify the exercise. Right. That takes a lot of time, right? Or they're getting onto a system that has a library, right? And they're going to send an email to their patient with their exercises, either a sheet of paper, which they can print out, or a video, right, of some 28-year-old nubile woman wearing a sports bra and mini shorts (laughs) who doesn't look anything like me to show me how to do my exercises. Um, They only do that either between the session or later at night, and most therapists don't have time during the day to send those out. So once they get home, they have to sit in front of the computer and send all of the exercises to the patients from the day. And that takes a lot of time, which they could be spending with their family, yeah. watching TV. And a having lot of it's unpaid life. time, right? <laughs> that is all unpaid time. So our, so AC Health takes as long to prescribe an exercise as it does to demonstrate it. So you take a video of the patient, you say, sit on the chair, put your knees uh, 12 inches apart, blah, 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 right? You're explaining what the, what the exercise is. The patient is doing it while you're videotaping the patient, or you can have your own library of exercises that you've already um, recorded of yourself doing them the way you choose to do them, not some library of generic content. And it's automatically uploaded into the patient's care plan. They leave, they're done. You have nothing to do tonight. You have nothing to do in between appointments. So it actually is not only better for the patient, which is obviously from a clinical standpoint, but it's much faster for the provider. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, so you're able to do it right there with the patient. So it might be even a little quicker, right? Especially if you're just running through it one time, you can basically record it as the patient's running through it. And then boom, that's sent. And then you, you're tracking it too, right? So they're not just getting it. You, they're able to put in, okay, I did my exercise this many times on this day. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. They can, uh, and that progress piece is more for the patient, right? Like you said, what am I paid for? I'm paid when I'm with my patient. I'm not paid to check on their progress. I'm not paid to communicate with them. The, this is just how the system is and we have to work within it. So, but... I'm only paid when I'm with my patient. So Strive Labs did some research and found that 70% of all patients drop off before they complete their course of treatment. That's money that was sitting on the table that you've lost because the relationship wasn't there, because there was no goal, because there was no progress, because the patient didn't know it's gonna take this long, right? They just start out, they start to feel better and they don't come back. Yeah. Or they cancel, right, at the last minute because of all their priorities, it's not a high one. And then you're out dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that study up. I've quoted that study a lot with folks. I'm like, listen, 70%, you know, seven out of 10 patients that walk into your door probably aren't going to finish. And a lot of it is, yeah. Some of them get better and they feel like they don't need to come back, but most of them are like, 
and it's not high on the priority list, right? Because they don't see the value because you're getting that's right. 15 exercises that the patient before them got or something. <laughs> and as a therapist, you can start to see that the patient's feeling better and start a new goal, right? You out, our therapist is our connection with our healthiest self. Yeah. There are many aspects to what we need physically as we age. My relationship with my physical therapist went far beyond recovering from two frozen shoulders. Yeah. I want to have flexibility as I age. So I would like stretching exercises. I'm not a flexible person. I can't go on one of these generic stretching videos and get anything out of it. My therapist knows my body. He or she knows my limitations. And so I trust that he or she is hearing me and is going to give me something that's going to work. I trust their expertise that they know their stuff. Yeah, right? exactly. And, um, and in AC Health, we reward patients for compliance, right? We give them points, we give them badges, we allow um, clinics to actually reward patients with incentives. So if you're going to generate additional revenue because your patients are not dropping off, give them a $25 gift certificate for Starbucks. Give them a $40 gift certificate at Amazon. Um, make it make there be some, you know, we love rewards. We play games for points. We buy things for rewards. Why is, why does therapy have to be any different? We're the same person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had somebody on uh, a few episodes ago on, they ran a, a company that's basically gamified the therapy session. And he was talking a lot about the research behind gamification in general, you know, everything that we do, <laughs> the way they suck us in are those points, those levels or whatever, like gamifying the whatever it is so that we buy in more so that it becomes more of our daily routine or our habits or something that we want to do. Right. So you're saying with AC health then you've got a little bit of a, of gamification in there, right? Yeah. You know, the word gamification, I think is completely overused. Yes. It's really behavioral modification, uh -huh. right? It's, it's psychology. It's um, how do you stay engaged over time, right? This idea of habits, we've all read um, Charles Duhigg's book on habits. Yeah. Um, and the, the struggle is this paradox, right? So yes, if you do one thing every day, um, triggered by something you're already doing, and you do it for anywhere from two to four weeks, you are going to create a habit and you are not going to need um, consciousness around the performance of that task, right? Because it'll just be automatic. Yeah. The problem is that human beings get bored. <laughs> human beings need new, they need improved, they need different, exciting. It's what Apple, right, knew right from the beginning, right? Every year we're gonna have a new model. It costs a lot of money to do that, right? But it engages your customer base because they know something's always coming that's new and changing and all this, right? So if that is a part of our basic um, experience in the world, how do we use it for people's good, right? There's a lot of manipulation around, you know, using this for ways of making money, et cetera, et cetera. But in treatment, okay, so how do we learn from behavioral psychologists to help patients um, not resist, right, the boringness of the exercise, right? You give me an exercise, you say, do it. Okay, now, instead of 10 reps, I want you to do 12 reps. No, it's boring, <laughs> right? You're a clinician, you're not a librarian. You weren't trained to go into someone else's library of exercises and click on a button, right? If I say to you, what are four different exercises I can do for something? 
you're going to say, oh, I'll give them to you. I know them. Right. If I came to you and said, I don't want to do this anymore. It either hurts or it's boring or and you said and, or if you came to me, that's even better and said, you know what? You've done this enough. OK, let's do let's let's mix it up. And I don't have to remember it because you're making a video on AC Health. So all of a sudden I'm like, oh, what was that new exercise? Oh, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to do that. Oh, we're doing this now. Oh, we're doing that now. It it um it makes the entire process, it, you know, it, and I wouldn't say exciting, but certainly more um, intriguing, right? More right. It's a it's taking my need for the new and applying it to my care plan. Yeah, it reminds me a, a lot about uh, uh, what's his name that wrote the book, the Yellow Book Hook, that's on like every tech person's doorstep <laughs> on their bookshelf but that whole yeah. idea of like a novel reward being mm -hmm. intrinsic for for getting folks to really buy in like facebook does it all these all these big tech companies have kind of gotten onto the onto the on the train if you would have if we give them something new they'll stick right? around or they'll come back to see right right that's exactly right and fomo right what am i missing yeah what else is out there um and Therapists are constantly taking continuing ed classes. You guys are unbelievably state of the art, right? Even in the Facebook groups that I'm a part of with therapists, because I'm fascinated by what you guys do and I want to help. All I hear from a therapist is, oh, I have a patient who's presenting with this. What do you think? What's another way of doing it? How else could I do this? Um, there is this tremendous community of expertise. How do we share that? And that's actually on our product roadmap in AC Health is have, being able to connect with other therapists and say, oh, yeah. here, I have an exercise for this. What are you doing? Does it work? I have a patient who is obese. And so I need to perform this exercise with them standing up instead of um, lying on the floor. Can you help me? Um, you know, does anyone have any ideas? And being able to share what is now a highly fragmented process. Yeah, yeah. Well, and part of it too is that you know, I'm thinking about your the what you just said, like building a community. And a lot of times you have it's almost siloed. Mm -hmm between even disciplines, right? Like the PT is doing one thing, the OT is doing the other thing. They might be treating the same, maybe complex, the neck and the shoulder, something like that, but they're so mm -hmm. divided. And to be able to put them all in one community where they could kind of bounce each ideas off each other and stuff moves more, much more towards like integrated interdisciplinary care, which is just really, really exciting. Okay. So we've kind of talked about the framework. We talked about the 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 idea behind behavioral psychology and getting patients engaged and on board. Let's talk a little bit about on the on the therapist standpoint. I'm trying to think of like objections that therapists might have or clinicians might have to doing something like this. And the one that probably jumps out to me the most is I don't want to be on camera. <laughs> so what do you say to a clinician who's like, yeah, I think this is great. And I think the idea that my patients can see me completing the exercise is perfect. I just don't want to be on camera. My hair doesn't look right. My makeup isn't right. <laughs> Whatever. Sure. Sure. That's perfectly reasonable. Um, you can take the video of your patient. And to be honest, I want to hear you correct me on the video so that I do it right the first time. Um, and because our technology is, well, we are obviously are HIPAA compliant, but we're also built so that the video you're taking for a patient sits only in that patient's screen. It's okay. not anywhere else. You have your own library. If you want to put your makeup on <laughs> and put on your favorite shorts and t-shirt and spend four hours one Saturday afternoon taking uh, videos of you performing exercises the way that you think is best for your patients, plural, right? Um, you can take that time and have a library. And then when a patient comes in, let's say you want to give them four exercises. One of them is very specific to them. So you record that dynamically. Three others you have in your library. 
So you click on the little dot and it's added to their care plan. The default sets and reps aren't exactly what's right for them. So you swipe left on the name of a exercise and you change the implementation or you, um, or you add a description to the exercise that is specific to um, the patient and click save, you're done. So, um, uh, so there, there are ways around not wanting to videotape yourself. Um, and again, this is a tool for your toolkit, right? It doesn't have to be what you do for everyone, right? I, and I know this is my product. I would like, you know, everybody <laughs> to be using it and it's free. So I, you know, I, this is my mission, right? Because um, I'm a patient advocate and, and I believe that, um, that the relationship between patient and therapist can be unbelievable because I've had that with my therapists. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a tool, right? There are going to be some patients who want the paper. Give them the paper. There are going to be some patients who want the emailed generic videos, the cookie cutter you know, models. Give them that. You know, there are other patients who aren't going to comply with a paper or a generic video, right? they're going to look for a higher quality of care because the highest quality of care is what's right for me. Exactly, yeah. And not every patient is gonna care about that. So it's a question of adding this as a, you know, adding this to your toolkit um, yeah. for those patients. Because if you don't wanna be videoed and the patient doesn't wanna be videoed, right? Then you can use AC Health to take a picture of the paper so that at least it's not going to end up on the floor in my car, <laughs> right? I'll be able to click and, and read it on my screen. Um, you know, that's not what we're optimized for, um, but you can do that. Um, and, the, and even beyond that is that because you're adding the content yourself, you're not limited to an exercise. Right, so or a way of doing but, it, yeah, or a way of doing it. But I've I've read your material, right? There's more to healing than doing an exercise. There's stress management. There's nutrition. There is a holistic approach. There may be an article or a video that you think is a terrific TED talk on stress management. You can take the URL from YouTube, stick it into one of, stick it, you know, into AC Health in your library and prescribe that for your patient or uh, take content about nutrition and add that to your library and be able to add it to your patient's care plan. So it's really completely up to you as to how you want to treat your patients. Yeah, no, I like that. You're basically un unchaining clinicians to do what they feel is best, right? You're just giving them the tool to do it. <laughs> well, there, you know, from what I've heard, there's a lot of burnout yeah. in PT and a lot of burnout in OT. And if I was a clinician who spent years learning about physiology and about the medical component to this, learning how to diagnose and learning how to heal, then being a librarian, right? Picking someone else's treatment and giving it to my patients would over time depress me. Yeah. You know, my, my, one of my daughters is a pediatric neurologist and her identity is in prescribing what is going to help her patients, not going into a system and clicking you know, generic information. And I think that that's one of the reasons why there is so much burnout is because it's become a business in many instances, because there isn't enough relationship with the patient. And if you have a way to connect with your patient, it's going to bring back the reason why you became a clinician, you know, a PT and OT in the first place, which was to heal people. Yeah. No, absolutely. I totally agree with you. So let's move and talk about this relationship then. So you're talking about your this platform. It allows 
the clinician to make an exercise with the patient or an exercise program, a plan of care, they're, they're able to do it on their own. And now there's the touch points where they're able to reach out intermittently or in between sessions. So how does that work? And then how do you manage things like, um, I'm thinking like, is it something that we bill for? Is this just something that kind of pops in as a quick, like a text message or, or how do we, how does that whole thing work? Okay. So AC Health is an app that's on your phone or tablet. Okay. And so just like any other app that has communication, a little badge shows up when you have a message from somebody. So that's how you know that, um, uh, that's how you know you have a, me a message. Inside the app, you click on a little chat bubble and it takes you to a screen where you can send a message either by video, so that's a selfie video, or image, that's a picture of something, or text. You click send, and it's just like sending a text message, but it includes whatever um, you know, additional media you've added to the message. Uh, and it's that simple. And then yeah. you have a thread with all of the messages um, from each of your patients to you. The, um, uh, I'm sorry, what was the, other piece of that question well the other piece well the question is kind of like so this is that's how it works but what do we what do we tell clinicians or organizations that are implementing something like this is this something that we're looking at oh. falling under that administrative non-billable time or does some of this qualify for billing or do you not even worry about that this is just the right thing to do for patients um sadly i have no influence with insurance companies medicare or medicaid yeah um, clearly the communication with patients in between sessions should be reimbursed. Clearly your, um, oversight of my healing should be, um, at all times, not just when I'm in the office. Um, sadly, remote monitoring is only, um, is only reimbursable if you are collecting physiological data. So yeah. If I were taking somebody's, you know, blood pressure, um, the apps that um, the apps that help with mental health issues don't have that limitation because you can't take. There's no way to measure what's going on in your brain, so they get um, excused from that. <laughs> yeah, they get excused from that. Um, but I'm free, so it doesn't really matter, right? whether or not you're paid for it. Um, the increase in referrals, the decrease in drop-offs, the decrease in churn, the improvement in outcomes, if you're following MIPS, right? If you choose in your clinic to um, uh, join MIPS for the bonus at the end of the year, now, you have a method for tracking your improved outcomes. How, you know, and right now it's very subjective. Mm -hmm. With AC Health, you can demonstrate the difference between using the app and not using the app. You can give the app to six patients, don't give the app to another six patients and do a test and see who's more compliant. And over time, I believe that AC Health and other competitors in this space who are um, delivering customized treatment and personalized care plans that are just as specific as your DNA, right, are eventually going to be the status quo because outcomes are always improved if you have higher engagement. Yeah, That's exactly. Proven. Yeah. All righty. Um, and then my last question was about, um, so the messaging is one thing, the secure messaging, but does the, does the platform have an option or an opportunity to do maybe like a remote session or remote exercises or something like that? So what we are is asynchronous telehealth. Okay. So and th that speaks for itself, exactly. right? Okay. That I, you, when you have time, you send me a message or an exercise. And when I have time, I pick it up. I don't yeah. have to be available at the same time you are. 
And that's wonderful. I was talking to somebody, Daniel Sider, on a couple uh, couple episodes ago, and he was talking about one of the big areas that he thinks, and I, I tend to agree with him here, that telehealth kind of exploded in 2020, but it exploded really for synchronous healthcare, kind of out of necessity, right? People couldn't be in the clinic, so we wanted to be able to do sessions. But one of the huge benefits is what you're kind of saying, this on-demand idea. Like we live in a Netflix society, right? I want to be able to click it when it's when it's time or when I get to it and, and that sort of thing. So I'd like the idea of asynchronous healthcare. It's awesome. Um, yeah, and, I, and just one other quick uh, yeah. thought based on what you said um, is that telehealth has been most successful for current patients, not new patients. Oh, it yeah, is, yeah. Has, yeah, it has proven um, very effective if you already knew a patient and you simply moved from in-person appointments to on-screen appointments. But creating the relationship with a new patient on the screen has proven much more difficult. Yes, yeah, I was seeing some of that research too, especially, like you said, all these, there's more to health than just what's going on physically, but like all the little micro expressions and like body position and all that kind of stuff plays and there's even research about like latency so if i say something and it takes i don't know how many they measured it in like microseconds but if it takes longer to get to you um than it normally does when we are speaking in a room then the person that's receiving that communication can feel like one you're either uninterested you're unintelligent or you don't care right <laughs> right so well, yeah i it. agree like trust trust is the name of the game exactly yeah, so asynchronous health is great because you're kind of just, it's really just an expansion of the relationship that's there as opposed to like trying to build it all on digital, right? That's right. And we don't want to be, we want to do one thing very well. We want to engage your patient with their care plan, period. So, um, so we don't have a lot of bells and whistles. It's very intuitive. Um, and, um, you know, after a half hour demo therapists are using it with patients the next morning. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Ease and quick and get it into play. Right. Well, Susanna, thanks for taking the time. Um, where can people find out about you, about AC health, all the places where you can be found? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm sure on the podcast page, um, there'll be contact information. Yes, we'll link to all of that um, in the show notes but- for sure. Yeah, that'll be great. So, um, but um, email me directly, Susanna.Balen at ac-health.com. Um, and I will respond. Um, and I'd love to hear, I would love, love, one of, you know, people say, well, how can it be free? And I say to them, I'm compensated by your using it with your patients, by your giving me feedback by your insights for what's working and what's not working so that we can develop a product roadmap that meets your needs. So I am being compensated um, by my users. And I just wanna say if anyone who's using AC Health is listening to the podcast, I am so grateful for you to make the investment in time to learn a new way of engaging with your patients that will help give them your highest quality of care. It is a privilege to work for you. All righty. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Susanna about AC Health, asynchronous healthcare, secure messaging, all of that good stuff. I think the thing that sticks out most to me, especially now having gone through and listened to this interview a second time to edit it, is really how much we take for granted, or at least people in my generation take for granted where technology is and what it allows us to do. So when I was growing up, we still used floppy disks. You could hold like four Word documents on a floppy disk. Internet was still dial-up. And in my formative years, you know, through high school and into college, a lot of that changed at a very, very fast and rapid rate. Um, we were, you know, on DSL and then, it, you know, just you didn't have to wait for, for a dial-up connection, right? None of that <laughs> to access the internet. 
on top of that, storage became so much more effective. You didn't need those floppy disks. USBs started, I remember when a, a USB contained one gig of information, we we're like, oh my gosh, this is so big. Now we walk around with like, you know, one terabyte hard drives in our in our computers and stuff, and that's not a big deal. And it's very easy to take that for granted, just the state of where we're at with technology, and to really, especially when it comes to healthcare and big, robust industries and, and processes, like healthcare, for example, for it really not to be affected all that much in the day-to-day. Sure, the way we document is moving onto the cloud. The way we store information and collect data is becoming much more effective, uh, much more efficient. But is it really affecting the day-to-day experience of both the clinician, the, both the provider, the healthcare provider, and the, the recipient of the healthcare services? And in a lot of ways, it really hasn't. Part of that is because healthcare is fundamentally uh, a relationship. It is a human-to-human interaction. But also, there's just been this this lag in, in pickup, right? So some places have been doing telehealth for a while. I know when I was at the VA in the, in the mid-2000s, early 2010s, like 2013, 2014, we were doing some telehealth virtual visits between our main hospital and the the C-Box or the the community-based outpatient clinics. And we did a little bit of that here and there, but it was still very synchronous. It was an appointment time. What we have failed to do in a lot of respects, at least in the rehab space, I know there's, there's other areas, nursing and some other specialty areas where patient, remote patient monitoring, cardiac comes to mind, remote patient monitoring, um, asynchronous telehealth appointments and that sort of thing have become more and more prevalent, but at least in the rehab space and in most healthcare spaces and healthcare specialties where the bulk of the the quote-unquote billable units or the service delivery has tended to be one-on-one, think a physical therapy appointment or something like that, we haven't been too innovative in how we incorporate digital into that. Sure, we have an online sign-up form or a portal where the patient can sign in and view their appointment slots, maybe pay, pay their bills, but that's really it. And apps like AC Health really push us more to rethink what healthcare could be and how technology, how the, the digital world, if you would, can integrate with the in-person world of healthcare. Now, I'm a big proponent of a hybrid model of healthcare, meaning a combination of both physical in-person appointments and then digital, whether it be synchronous telehealth visits, virtual visits, and asynchronous, you know, secure messaging, uh, remote visits, that sort of thing. And the reason I, I really feel that way is because, again, healthcare is a relationship, and there are some things that we do within the context of evaluation and treatment, and this kind of extends beyond just rehab and into other specialties where little things that we can't pick up on the screen are important. So the nuances in body language and micro expressions is very important, especially to build trust and rapport with patients. So I don't think that that can ever go away. The the in-person aspect of healthcare can never fully go away. But we can certainly do a lot to increase the efficiency, to increase the access to care. And part of that has to involve keeping people off the physical schedule. Um, So I'm thinking folks that that maybe do live extended extended drives away. I used to work at the VA and we had patients that traveled four hours sometimes to to the appointment because that was the only place that had outpatient specialty rehab, and they got in the car and they, they drove <laughs> four hours. When I was consulting for the state of Georgia, there were some things that I had to be in the car driving four, four and a half hours, sometimes one way, to do some inpatient, in-person stuff that, if you think about it, could have easily been handled via telehealth, in the, for, at least for the, for the sustainable future. So, there needs to be some innovation around and rethinking around 
what is necessary to maximize building a therapeutic rapport or building a strong patient relationship and an alliance, and what is able to be not offloaded, because that sounds kind of bad, but removed from the physical presence. And part of it can be these home programs, the way we communicate with patients, the way we can even give advice, counseling, coaching, and something like a video chat that's asynchronous that a patient can you know, pull up their video and say, hey, I'm doing this exercise and it hurts right here. And a clinician can look at that later when they don't have patients, for example, and say, oh, this is, this is what's going on and send a personal communication back that's tailored, that's individualized, that's specific to that patient and that patient situation is going to do a whole lot more to increase engagement, build that relationship, and it can continue to build that relationship even when the patient's not in, in the physical space with you. So I'm, I'm, I just, whenever I think about the possibilities that are out there, I get super, super excited, and apps like this get me excited about what we can do for, for pushing hybrid health, hybrid uh, service delivery. So that's all I've got to say about that. If you like what we're doing, you can head on over to www.betteroutcomes.show and you can sign up there to receive new episodes whenever they drop. We'll shoot them right to your inbox. You'll also get any kind of white papers, articles, resources that we develop at Rehab U Practice Solutions. We'll go ahead and send those to you as well. And if you're ready to craft a strategy that'll help you and your organization bring in more clients, engage them throughout their course of care or their utilization of your services while delivering uniquely impactful experiences, reach out to us at Rehab U Practice Solutions. I'd love to have a conversation with you about what you've got going on and about how we may be able to work together. The easiest way to do that is probably going to be sending an email to support at RehabUPracticeSolutions.com. That's support at Rehab, the letter U, PracticeSolutions.com. And shoot an email out that way and just tell us a little bit about what's going on and we'll, we'll get something on the calendar to have a little chat. Until the next time, guys, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to The Better Outcome Show where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www.rehabupracticesolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.